You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Problem beneath all other problems. Technology's promise to keep us connected has given rise to a host of unintended consequences that are catching up with all of us. If we can't address our broken information ecosystem, we'll never be able to address the challenges that plague humanity. I have watched this amazing documentary called The Social Dilemma, and it actually gave proof to all of my personal fears about social media, about Snapchat, about Pinterest, about Facebook, all of it, Twitter. And yet I feel like we are held prisoner because that's how everybody communicates now. And, but there are huge problems. One of the biggest problems is the mental health dilemma. A 5,000 person study found that higher social media use correlated with self-reported declines in mental and physical health and life satisfaction. So persuasive design techniques like push notifications, the endless scroll of your news feed have created a feedback loop that keeps us glued to our devices. Uh, The like button, how many likes you get. It's like your self-awareness and your self-esteem is attached to the like button, how many likes you get on a picture or a post. It's, it has taken over our life. And I didn't even realize it as much as I realize it now after having children and trying to police it in my own home. It is so difficult, especially when all their friends have it. All my friends have Snapchat. I'm sorry. I'm not. You're all your friends' moms. You're not going to have Snapchat. It, is, it has been a huge dilemma for us as a family. And now Congress is, is, is starting to see how infected social dilemma is, truly. You know, when, I, when social media came online, I was working with the police department. I thought at that time, oh my goodness, you know, this is a two, double-edged sword here. On the one hand, we can be very well connected. On the other hand, so can people like child predators. That was really my first thought, and I still feel that way. I feel like the internet in itself has depersonalized all of us and made us forget how people feel about things or how, you know, we have no filter whatsoever on social media where you would have a filter if you're talking face-to-face with somebody or you're, you're conversing, you're not conversing on social media, you're spewing in, in my opinion. But these I, other sites like Facebook, where it seems so wonderful to put all of our information on there and to put, uh, you know, the, the pictures of the kids and where you're going and, you know, what you're eating and all of those things. But every single click every single click that you make on a computer is recorded and it's recorded with the purpose of you being 
what's for sale to the advertisers. So you'll notice that you get ads every time you go look something up, you know, barbecue, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're starting to get ads for all those barbecues. It's because they keep track of every single thing that you do on social media. They even, you know, the first time Facebook came and they, they put a picture and they said, Oh, five years ago you were doing this. And they put a picture. I was horrified. How dare you, you know, keep, keep track of me that way. So I actually go on Facebook, almost not at all. I have an account, um, but I don't really use it. I don't put anything personal on there. And I know that it's, it's just become really one of the worst offenders with manipulating people to buy things, to uh, vote certain ways, to to do all of the things. And here's a perfect example that we just saw um, during our last election was how Facebook blocked any conversations regarding the Hunter Biden scandal with his laptop. So people did not get to see all of the news. They got to see what Facebook wanted you to see. And that's a discussion I want to have here in a few minutes, because that, that is my biggest problem with social media. Boy, I want to bring in a note there of the ethical and moral element to all of this. I watched this and my head is just spinning with so many things. Right. It's overwhelming. It's completely relational, sadly. I I get it. I sat there and was convicted at some times, worried at some times. My brain went directly to... My daughter, 20-year-old daughter who's in college and as a teen, that was our number one tool for discipline, I will readily admit. If something went awry, the phone went away because the phone was her number one thing in life that was most important to her, sadly. I hate to even say that. It makes me sick, but, and thankfully things have changed, which I can get to later, but at that time, and I'm seeing not only from this documentary, but what I see when you're just out in public, when you could go to restaurants and be out in public and see socially, people's heads are down. They're in their phone. They're not aware. They're completely, well, what really hit me, and I related when I was watching this, I related to the seven deadly sins and how subtle, how extraordinarily magnificent, and I use that in a bad way, actually, magnificently subtle, this has all become the seven deadly sins of lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. If you look at the social media, isn't that all there? The effect, and it's so subtle, because especially for the younger generation, Who hasn't taken a selfie? And then who hasn't looked at that selfie and deleted it three times before they get one right? Because the lighting was bad. It made my nose look big. And in this particular documentary, they depict a young woman who somebody comments about her ears. She then, when she probably never had thought about it before, suddenly thinks her ears are too large. People want to start changing their appearance, their personality. They become envious People take vacations, people have, it just goes on and the list goes on and on. But what's so scary to me 
is how very subtle it captures your brain be, and then enslaves you to where you kind of can't live without it. That, uh, and I have to admit this, I hate to admit this, but I'm going to admit this. I, this really brought to light the fact that as of probably the last couple of, I'll say months, I find that I am going to bed literally with the phone in my hand because I have found a way to purge my brain before I go to sleep by playing a crossword puzzle game. And yet I can't leave it there. It's, I can't just leave it. I'm taking it to bed with me and my eyelids are telling me I want to go to sleep. My body is wanting to shut down and I'll jerk myself away and go, wait, I've got another word that I need to fill out. I've, I've got to finish this puzzle before I go to sleep. And that's not Snapchatting somebody and it's not other social things, but it's a fact that this is technology that has captured my brain so subtly. I think that it's doing me a favor. I think that it's purging my brain when in fact it has enslaved me. That term enslaved me because what I, as li you know, when I was listening to the social dilemma, they brought up a point that really stuck with me. And that is there are really only two industries yeah. That, yeah. that call their clients users, yep. right? One is social media. We're the, and we aren't really, we're the users. We use the social media, but they sell us. Mm -hmm. And the whole drug trade, drug yep. trafficking, their clients are called users also. And I don't think it's a mistake that both products are addictive and addicting. That was really interesting. Oh, the thing that was really uh, kind of got me was it talks about that the social media um, and the artificial intelligence is designed to dig deeper into your brainstem, yes. especially in children and people's <clears throat> sense of self-worth and identity is coming from these social media. So one of the people, one of the, the, um, I guess you'd say stars, but these are all people that made this show, the social dilemma that have been in this industry. They are developers that started with the Facebooks and the, all the different uh, social media sites and started seeing what problems it caused. And one of them said, you know, we were evolved to ha have approval of our own tribe. That's how we were evolved. Yet, we're not evolved to have 10,000 people right. Um, right. No. talking to us every five minutes and saying whether you're good or bad or they like you or don't like right. you. And one of these guys was the guy who actually developed the like button yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> and he thought it was such a great positive thing. He no longer thinks that because if you don't get that like, your entire mm. self-esteem goes in the toilet. And especially, especially for teens, when you think about your teen years, you, you, you're so concerned about what everybody thinks. Your self-esteem is so fragile at that point. And there has definitely been an increase in suicide rates among U.S. teens occurred at the same time social media use surged, okay? And a mm -hmm. new analysis suggests that there may be a link. There is a link. There's definitely a link. The uh, suicide rates for teens rose between 2010 and 2015 
after they had declined for nearly two decades prior to that. Yeah. So it it rose by a lot, right? A lot. It rose by a lot. 70%. Yeah. 70%. In 15 to 19 year olds and 151% in 10 to 14 year olds. That is absolutely astounding. It's unbelievable. They said that recent teen suicides have been blamed for cyberbullying and social media posts depicting perfect quote unquote lives. Where did we used to get our identity? Where did we used to have our security? And that was within the family. Mm-hmm. And if, and if these tools are taking the place in some cases, taking the place of families, if you have families that are dysfunctional or even in just families that have dual parents and seemingly from the outside, a stable situation. If the kids have their faces buried in this technology, the family hardly has a chance to create that security because the kids aren't paying attention. And and some of, in some cases, the parents are busy themselves or involved in that social media technology themselves. And so if the kids aren't getting their security from home or from faith, where, where else are they going to turn except to a place that seems really, really fun and nice and accepting. And until they, until it turns on them, it creates the anxiety and the depression and it's all done so, again, so subtly. It's scary. You know, there, I don't know if you've heard about this, Judy, or seen it actually happen. But at the time when our daughter was getting, or at the age where she would be getting her driver's license, mm-hmm. there was a lack of interest. And then I started, right. ask, I started asking her friends about this. Because I remember right. when I was 15, my my father actually had me out driving a stick shift car at age 14 right and had and had me to the point where i highly impressed the driver's education instructor with sitting in a when he sat in the car it was a stick shift car and he looked at me and he said can you drive this and i said i can drive this really well just come and see <laughs> so I, we couldn't wait to get our driver's license when we turned 16 no. that day so now Kids are waiting if they're getting their license at all. And a lot of it has a lot. I, I wasn't really sure. I really wasn't sure why. And our daughter didn't know, but she was one of those that waited longer than what I would have anticipated. She was 17 before she got her license. So what I'm being told by this documentary is there's, there's just lack of interest. It's that, that independence almost, the desire isn't there. And they also date less, Becky. They also date less. So driver's license and dating are less than they were, say, in our era, for sure. They date, I mean, they're they're not going out on dates as much? Not as much. Yeah. Are they, is that because they're dating? Oh, yeah, okay, you're right. each other. You're right. Yeah, well, and then breakups. Have you heard about all the breakups? People break up kids break up by texting each other saying, uh, it's not you. It's me. I'm done. <laughs> not Unbelievable. Well, it's yeah. just literally, as they're saying in this documentary, it is eroding 
it is what was once our what we knew as society and i know that sounds probably too dramatic but it's really true i it just it boggles my mind to think that we can dehumanize society to the degree where it becomes acceptable and that's right. what we've done they they made clear in this documentary that it's not that social media is not designed by child psychologists to nurture children uh, that the algorithms really are controlling it and what is an algorithm well, I mean, they don't define it very well, to be honest with you. And if you call and talk to somebody like uh, Facebook, because you got put in Facebook jail, and they say it's just an algorithm. Well, what is that? What was it? They, what an algorithm really does is the designers and the engineers tell the computers of which they have 1000s and giant rooms of computers, they, they tell them what the outcome that they want is. And then the computer and artificial intelligence decides what that algorithm is, how they're going to get to that outcome. And it's not always a good outcome. No, no. And it, which, which leads to truth. Uh, what, what do we know is truth anymore? Because we're believing now more than ever in what we're seeing on social media. Right. That's, that's frightening to me. Well, it's very frightening. And that goes to the subject of how artificial intelligence is used to manipulate people. And there's some really horrifying examples of that, that we're going to get to right after yep. this. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at AmericaOutloud.com. Recently, there was a march in Washington, D.C. that drew literally thousands of people for a day of prayer, specifically seeking healing for the nation. Just that. And yet, I looked all over the internet for the news and social media, and I only found one or two places that it was barely touched on, just barely. Had that been some other congregating group for many different reasons, anything other than a, a day of prayer, it probably would have been all over the news. Like a riot. Like the riots, yes. Yeah. So this leads me to say the regulations for social media, there are none, which also leads me to finding truth in social media. With no regulations, you can go out on the internet and people, for instance, Wikipedia. Who regulates Wikipedia? 
anyone can go into Wikipedia and just add information. And there's no way to really tell if that information is truth or someone's idea of truth or might be fact or made up. There needs to be, and I know this is a concern from the people who created the documentary, there needs to be some regulation because fake news has become what people believe as real news. And it's getting into the heads of people in society and no one truly, including myself many times, knows what to believe when I see it out there in the written word or audible. And I think, wow, that's crazy. I, it seems to be that I'm hearing this and this and this or seeing this and this. How can that be true? Could this really be true? There's, there's financial incentives for this, which I'm, I'm learning the profits from these billion dollar companies that are, are creating untruths or stretchings of the truth. There needs to be something done about this. And it is an epidemic of unbelievable proportions. I want us to introduce ourselves. And I'm going to quickly say, I'm Becky Kolmeinen. And I'm sounding off. I'm a um, voice talent. And I work from home. And I love doing this. And Judy Moran, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Judy Moran. I live on a horse farm out in Williamston, and that's where I sound off from. (laughs) This is Linda Martinelli, and I'm sounding off from Texas today. I am also the host of Talking Well Married on America Out Loud every weeknight, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so join us there also. So if we have no way to find the truth, and they referenced the Truman Show, I don't know if anybody's ever seen that show. It was a Jim Carrey movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, they referenced that. And it made sense all of a sudden that uh, it was so long ago that I saw that. But it's relative still. A person, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, a person who was told he was going to, his life was going to be monitored or followed for video purposes to be shown to everybody. And in the end, what he thinks was reality, he discovers reality in the end when he literally tears away at walls that are surrounding him to reveal that he's actually been living in a fake world and and he's missing out on the real world and in essence that's kind of what's happening is we're believing that what we're seeing on social media is the real world and we're missing out on reality and on rich a rich life experience here's here's how bad it is Becky and Judy, um, the, if you Google something and you live in a certain area and they use climate change as an example, you Google climate change, you get a certain set of things to look at. And it, what you get to look at depends on what your history in social media has been. Somebody else, the three of us could Google climate change and get three different sets of things to look at. So they withhold information from you and they push information to you that they want you to have. The, the other examples, you know, um, there's just so, so many. Um, and by the way, to your point, Becky, they say that, that fake news travels six times faster than real news. So how do you tell the difference? But when you get news updates, you know, you think you're just getting news updates, but that's not true. You're getting news updates that are targeted to you. And the next person and the next person and the next person get different news updates. So everything 
is done by algorithms and they target you for what they want you to see and what they want you to think. And that's how they end up manipulating you because you think that everybody sees the same thing. When, when you pull up climate change, we all see the same thing. So how could other people think differently? No, they don't see the same thing. They see completely different things. And here's another example that is extremely current where in California, um, if you were to Google algorithms or if you were just to Google the um, state's official election measures for California in the, la- in the most recent election, there was 12 ballot proposals. Seven of those ballot proposals had been described using campaign arguments. So not the facts, not what it was. Here's, here is the, here's the ballot proposal. You know, you can make up your mind or you can look at the pros and cons. No, they didn't do that. For, for how they wanted to manipulate people, they only put the argument there that applied to what they want, how they wanted you to vote. And there was one of them that was a Proposition 24 which was a data privacy initiative. So something that was directed at social media companies and the social media companies, when you Googled that, what they put for the description would only have the argument for voting no on that. It did not have the other side of the argument. So look at how they are manipulating voters and you expand that to our most recent election, the entire election process that we have just been through. And you see how much manipulation there was. They were, they were censoring conservative thoughts. They even center, censored our Department of Defense by saying something that um, when they said that the wall was working and, and keeping out more illegal immigrants, they took them off of Twitter. They, they are controlling what we all see in just a way that is so horrific. And the other thing that it's doing is it's creating this vitriol between all of us because you see one thing, I see one thing, everything I see goes to what I believe, everything they see goes to what they might believe. It just keeps us completely apart and it, it, it will take down countries and it will take down everybody with it if we yeah. cannot figure out a way to understand what the truth is, which we cannot figure out by what we are seeing in this social media world right now. Well, what I'm trying to figure out, truthfully, because I, I don't fully understand it, but when we're saying they, I believe from watching the documentary, they're referring to the really big companies and big corporations, the big tech corporations correct right yes facebook instagram youtube so they seem to have created not necessarily a monopoly speaking regarding business but they have actually developed and this sounds cartoonish but i don't know how else to describe it but a, a way of mind control that is profiting them and one of the speakers was saying that the profits of these billion dollar companies is undermining our democracy and our way of life, our, our very livelihood and being just basic 
human beings that there really are no laws against what they're doing and that the laws exist for the companies and not the people. We, as the people, are not being protected. And that's why they're, they're actually bringing this before the courts, stating this is a problem. They may have created some of these things intentionally to improve life, make things better and in a positive way, but the money, the love of the money, I believe is what has really manipulated and brought this to the creation of a sick monster. And I, my brain automatically goes to the show, uh, Stranger Things, that huge black, overpowering, shadowing monster. And that's what this feels like. It feels like it's something that is sucking the life out of society and creating a very controlled, enslaved society. So before we all succumb, there are some things that we need to do. Honestly, I somehow there has to be some sort of accountability. Right now, it's like the Wild West out there. And because of what they call Section 230, which is a piece of internet legislation um, in the United States that was passed into law as part of the, it's the Communications Decency Act of 1996, but at its core, it provides immunity for these companies from liability for providers and users of an interactive human service. So... Uh, they they put that into law, and I mean, I just I really think that we need we need some safeguards. We need some laws out there. At first, they they were saying, oh, we shouldn't we should not regulate the internet, uh, that it would be uh, hindering our right to free speech. Yeah, and I yet, think. and yet, the newspapers, your newspapers, and as well as not as much anymore, but your networks are held to a different standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have, there is, you, you have the ability to sue somebody for slander or sue the newspaper if they print something that's not true about you or your company. And that is not that, that there are, these social media companies are completely immune from that. So I, I believe something truly has to be done. Oh, it does. But think about what scares me is we're talking, these companies are billion dollar companies. They're not going to go down without a fight. And and I'm not even saying, I'm just saying this is going to be an epic battle because as with many other companies, money wins. Unfortunately, greed and money are so powerful. And then when uh, it makes me kind (laughs) of, Really makes me sound off. It makes me upset. I know. Well, what what they've said is that if we don't get a handle on this, where are we going to go with this? And that persuasion technology um, is not the existential threat. And it is the ability of it to bring out the worst in society that's the existential threat. And from that, that you get mass chaos, you get incivility. We're already seeing a lot of this. We're getting lack of trust in each other. We're seeing that for sure. Polarization, um, more election hacking, more 
populism, more distraction, more inability to focus on the real issues in society. And if we can't do that as a society, what the social dilemma says is that we're going to, if we can't heal ourselves, we're going right, to devolve right. into chaos. That happened in the Philippines also due to uh, internet within six months when they uh, started doing all this fake news on their internet, they, the entire democracy crashed within six months. Mm. That this is when we have really succumbed to this in the United States. I feel, I feel like we're really at a tipping point here because it, we're, we're just on the verge in our country of a civil war because we can't agree about anything. And I feel that that is caused very, very much by social media. And my other real fear is what's happening to our children. And as an employer, I see these people come in from the generation of, you know, being on social media all the time. They cannot get off of it while they're doing their job. They cannot come in or they can't write a resume. They can't have a conversation because their conversations are all on social media. They cannot look you in the eye and have a conversation and say, here's what I'm going to offer your company. They don't do that. They, they want to know, you know, what, what's in it for them. But I cannot tell you the problem that it is trying to get people to put their phones away while I'm yep. paying them to do a job. This right. people are addicted just as much as they are to opioids or any other drug. They're addicted to the internet. And, you know, I have family members the same way that, that you cannot get them to put their phone down when you're in a restaurant for dinner. I'm sure that millions yeah. of people have that same issue in their families. I just find it, I find it very frustrating and I find it pretty insulting that, you know, I can't have, have a conversation with a family member because their face is in their phone all the time. Um, and they're so distracted that honestly, if I say something, they don't even hear it. I, I'm oh, no. just, I'm in shock. I mean, what you just mentioned about someone at work, my husband just had an incident with an employee, a brand new employee, the first week on the job went over to where this person was working and noticed that this person was on the phone, looking at the phone, not talking on the phone, watching a movie. Watching a movie. Watching a movie oh, at boy. work. Brand new job, brand new job, hadn't even been wow. there a week. This person was watching a movie and thought it was okay because they were just performing a menial, mindless task in their words, thought it was okay. And that's that's where we, I, I can no longer, I can't even fathom in my brain probably because of my age, but the thought of doing anything even remotely close to that, just as common sense tells me, you just don't do that. So this is creating a generation lacking common sense and believing that this is okay, which is just ugh, absolutely crazy. Attention is pulled in so many directions that they, they just can't focus on one, which I find to be a really big problem as an employer. Absolutely. And that's a great segment to go into. This has become a digital pacifier. And I cannot imagine employing people, employing people. And uh, tell me how you deal with people that are using their phones 
at work for non-work related and issues. They, and they actually think that that's okay. It should be okay. Right. It right. just, it, it, it's just, yeah. Linda, you find, you actually find that mentality with the people that you work with. Oh, absolutely. I'm constantly telling them that they, you may not use your phone. You can use it on your break. You can use it on your lunch. You can do what you'd like on that time. But on the rest of the time, that's my time I'm paying you for, you know, you need to pay attention to this job because so many errors happen because they're not paying attention. And if people are picking and packing orders or, you know, doing computer things, they, they make mistakes because they are so distracted. You've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. Well, AmericaOutloud.com is fighting back with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. Join us. We're in this together. And we consider you part of our family in our crusade to share the news, commentary, and agenda that can lead America back again. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Well, with everything we've talked about, Becky and Judy, I this is disturbing at best. Um, everybody should watch The Social Dilemma and just be informed about what's happening with our social media because if we don't get a handle on this, I think that we're gonna have much larger problems. One of the things that they pointed out said that we need to have a shared understanding of reality or we don't have a country. So if we're all thinking that this politician did this and that politician did that, well, we certainly had a tremendous amount of social media fake news on that whole Russiagate thing with President Trump in his first term there. We also have had, I mean, just so much misinformation and it's going back and forth and we don't know what's true and what's not true as we've talked about. If we can't find a way in our country to agree on what the truth is, um, 
what they said in this documentary is we are toast. If we can't agree on what truth is, we cannot navigate our way out of our problems in this country because all we're going to do is be at each other's throats and nothing is going to get solved and nothing is going to get done. And we are going to continue down a path of, you know, really chaos and disintegration. We already see that. Who doesn't see that in this country? This is, um, has been patently obvious this last several years more than ever before. So how do we even begin to fix this? And, you know, we're, we're three ladies, diverse backgrounds. Uh, we do different things in life. What can we do to start looking at this? How can we you know, protect our kids first and foremost, which I, I think is so important. And, and one way to do that is get these devices out of their hands until they're older, until they're a little bit older. You know, you remember, Judy and Becky, you remember back when we were watching cartoons as kids, you remember when they took out the, you could, they couldn't advertise sugary cereals anymore? Right. Right, because I they didn't think that. sugary cereals were good for us, and I liked my sugar sugary cereals, right. so I I, <laughs> right. I missed those you know advertisements. Yeah, but, but there is no filter like that on social media. The kids mm-hmm. can see anything. The predators are just out there and mass on social media after our children. The advertisers are out there and mass mm-hmm. targeting our children, targeting our teens. The, the suicides are up, the anxiety is up in our teenagers and, and our children. And we've already talked about that. They can't even hold a conversation anymore with one another because they don't know how if it's not on social media. So where do we go with this? You know, I think, um, I, first off, I think it always starts in the home, always. So if there's anybody out there listening um, you know, to who have who has children, how important it is to actually sit down and have dinner with them and put all technology away, so that you actually are looking at each other across the table. You're sharing a meal, and you are sharing conversation. And it's not nobody has their phones at the table whatsoever. And I know that that it can be difficult, but there was a study actually by um, a, the, a gentleman who was, this was during, oh, I want to say, um, I think Obama's um, era. And he was a drug czar, they called him. And he said the number one thing you can do for your children um, and to deter them from doing drugs. And to me, this is a drug, all right, is to have dinner with them um, every night at the dinner table because you will see the differences and the changes in their behavior and their personality uh, where you won't if you don't have that time. He said the single best thing you can do is sit down and have dinner with them as a family. Um, So just starting with that and then being courageous enough to say no to your child. No, you don't get to have a phone until you are whatever, you know, 13, 14, 15. Um, And then after that, no, you don't. My daughter does not have Facebook. She does not have Snapchat. She doesn't even have a Pinterest account. I have these accounts and she can 
can look at them uh, with me there, but I, she doesn't have, she doesn't have access to it. And at this point she's 15 years old. So, and I mean, she thinks I am mean. So I think it starts in the home. And then from there, from there, I think when you look at, I, when I pulled up the social dilemma um, the, on the website, um, it gives us a lot of really great resources. One of, one of their suggestions is to reboot your use. So reclaim your, your own screen time. And if you go to the socialdilemma.com and you uh, click on the dilemma itself, you can click on what you can do. And one of them is really um, rebooting all of your, you know, your computer, your phone, uh, take and um, taking all of this junk off of it. You can get tips from the film subject the moment CEO Tim Kendall on how to take back control of your screen time. Um, and then it also says take the data detox. Use Tactical Tech and Mozilla's data detox kit to make your experience with technology safer and more secure. And so I'm going to do both of those things. Um, the other the other suggestion is start a conversation, which I think we've done today. Don't you think, friends? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so important. Linda, you mentioned the separation and the polarization that's happening. And it's, it's very frightening to see some of the things that the documentary presents. They show footage of what appears to be anarchy, some actual footage from riots and then others in the film. But unless we have conversations like this, just for starters, with truth telling or truth sharing, it's going to, it could very well lead to the things that the documentary presents as being frightening, absolutely frightening there's, they mentioned, they use the words civil war and anarchy um, because there's a, there is a lack of the shared understanding, as Linda mentioned, the shared understanding of reality. We actually are believing the lies. I've actually heard some people be extraordinarily concerned about what has happened as a result of social media with the election with the polarizing and people are unfriending people on Facebook because of their beliefs. People additionally are taking it further in real life stating, I will no longer be, I couldn't even believe I read this. This one person on Facebook said, I will no longer be your friend if you vote for a particular candidate. Right. Right. Oh, I think that's extremely common anymore. And it is. And that's frightening. Well, it's, it's frightening, but even more frightening is the misinformation that yeah. people are believing. And yeah. they, therefore, when they have misinformation, they vote on their misinformation or they make decisions in their life on their misinformation. And that is what's so dangerous. And, and again, you know, they, they point out that the fake news spread six times faster than 
real news. So how does it ever, ever catch up when it's so many more times prevalent than real news? So we, we really have to somehow get in and, you know, start using our head and start researching what's true and what's not true. You can't just take the word of social media. I, there are people on social media right now that are espousing things that I can't believe is coming out of their mouth. People that I've known and, and I know that what they're saying is so completely false, at least in my mind, I'm sure that they think what I would say would be false. How do we get back together? And one of the things that the social dilemma says that in a time when technologies become our lifeline, it's more important than ever that we examine the role it plays in our own lives and realign it with interests of people and not profits. And when you have these algorithms making all of these determinations, of course there are engineers behind it, but they're, they're a handful compared to the billions of algorithms that happen every single day to every single social media user that directs what they see and what they don't see. And that, that is what's really scary to me. The one thing that Judy brought up is so true that on the Social Dilemma site, on socialdilemma.com, there is a tab that says take action. And it talks about some of the things you can do, which she mentioned. And they also have tours and they have um, different you know, lectures. They have different ways of starting conversations. There, there just are things that we can do because if we don't take action, I, I just believe that we as a country will completely fall apart. And when you have these other countries like China, like Russia, like some of the the communist nations that control what's on social media, they're going to end up with having a distinct advantage over people like us who are throwing our own selves to the wolves, throwing our own selves into chaos, throwing our own selves into civil war, um, because we can't figure out what's true and what's not true anymore. This is, I think, a really big problem. I really appreciate what this Social Dilemma website has to offer as far as perspective solutions, or at the very least, great ideas for that attempt if people are willing to do this. Sadly, getting people to believe this is a problem is a problem. Yes. Well, yeah, it is. And they they really need to see this film. I think... One of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to contact uh, the principal of my daughter's school and um, I'm going I'm to send this film to him and ask him to watch it. And then I'm going to ask him if I can come and speak to uh, the classes about this uh, and if we can show this film to all of the students. Um, I, think that, that, I think that it could make a difference. I think it should be mandatory, at least by freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. By junior high school. Yeah, I agree. By junior high, yeah. yeah. It, and I think and sending it out, high. sending the link out on social media itself oh, would be good. Sure. Um, you know, spreading it around. Because I, I just think that, that we've got to, you know, save ourselves. It, it's as they said, you know, it, it, it can be a utopia because you can get 
oh, you, my goodness, you can get so many things on the internet, right? You can get great recipes and you can learn how to fix right. things and you can, there's right. so much good it can do, but it can also be a dystopia. And that's kind of what we're talking about today, the, the negative side. And that is what these developers of social media are coming out and saying, it's not that it's all bad and it's, it's not going to go away. You can't put that genie back in the bottle, but no, you can't. What can we do to make it so that it doesn't end up destroying us so that it can stay a useful tool instead of a destructive tool? Um, and I just see so many families being kind of torn apart with this. So the, the whole media usage and, you know, I, I know for me, uh, I asked my husband to take the Facebook app off of his cell phone. He, he can have it on his regular computer, but please take it off because it dings you every two seconds and you've got to look at it and it takes away from our conversation. And he happily did it. And it's such an improvement. And my daughter-in-law told me that at her house, they have um, made Sunday a day that you don't do not pick up your phone. I mean, if you take a call, that's one thing, but nothing else. You don't look at any stuff on the phone. And she said that that's really helped. Um, they're not, they never had a bad relationship, but she doesn't want to start having one either. So it, it gives them the whole day to themselves without any of these distractions, which she's loving. That sounds beautiful. And again, I think getting people to believe that this is a problem is perhaps the first thing that needs to be communicated because I know since there's been a moral breakdown or a breakdown of the moral fabric in society, there are families that all stick their nose in the phone, mom, dad, kids. And if they don't see that it's a problem, it's just going to perpetuate. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. And I, and I think, you know, basic things like putting it down while you're having a meal, um, not taking the phone to bed with you, that type of thing. I mean, all, all of these things will start to help. And then we do need, I think, Congress to get involved and Senate to get involved in having some sort of regulation on these entities so that they don't become more dangerous and, and that their direction is not just one for profit, but is one that is more humane. So I also believe that we need to let our congressmen know about what is happening uh, to our lives, how this, how this affects our lives, our relationships, and that I do believe that there needs to be some regulation passed. I believe that these billion dollar companies do need to be held accountable for what they're doing to our lives, that they need to be accountable for what is printed on their sites, just the way a newspaper does. Don't you think so? And I think they yep. shouldn't be able to censor um, mm -hmm. at, at will based on their own personal political beliefs, they shouldn't be able to censor because one of the things that we need in our country is free and fair elections and all of the information out there for everybody to make a decision, not that decision being made for you. Exactly. You're here. Agreed. I agree. Well, I think this has been an amazingly important discussion. Uh, I Judy, I have to thank you for bringing this to Becky and my attention, The Social Dilemma. 
And I, I just would recommend that everybody watch it. They can get it on Netflix. It's only 90 minutes long, but it's probably the best 90 minutes people will spend. I agree. Agreed. Yep. And then to do something. Yep. So let's action. do something. Let's <laughs> do it. Okay. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.